Hey, I'm Callie Pierce, a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, coach, RTT hypnotherapist, and healer from way back before it was cool. It's my mission here to help share what I've learned on my own journey to inspire, entertain you, and help you to focus to create authentically, monetize your work strategically, and find your flow because this world needs more of what you have to offer. Are you ready? Good. Let's go to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Liberate Your Soul, another episode where we're going to have some coffee together, guys. I just feel like it is so important to me to spend this time with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm incredibly passionate about it. So when I wake up in the morning and I haven't yet um, gotten my things together, I've felt like, gosh, I really want to give my very best information to you. I just heat up a cup of coffee and I come in here and talk about what we're going to talk about. And today we're going to talk about getting into the workflow, getting into that flow state of mind. You might have heard this concept before the flow state, and it was popularized by positive psychologist Mihaly and his last name has a lot of consonants and some vowels stuck in there. Cannot say it. Um, Whether I've had two pots of coffee or a half a cup (laughs) Um, and Jean Nakamura and flow state says it's a feeling where under the right conditions you become fully immersed in whatever you're doing. And I feel that way when I'm recording a podcast for you, when I'm doing research for one, when I'm thinking about the podcast, when I'm thinking about you and what you might be creating, when I'm in my own creative state, I feel like I'm in this flow state. And what it means is it's like this focus that once it becomes intense, it leads to a sense of ecstasy, a sense of clarity. You know exactly what you want to do from one moment to the other. You get immediate feedback. And he did this TED talk in 2004. So you can look up, um, I'll put a link in the show notes to how to get that TED talk. (laughs) or at least how to look for that name. Um, But they interviewed a lot of self-actualized, high-performing people like mountain climbers, chess players, surgeons, and ballet dancers. And it's really cool because it's not necessarily, it doesn't happen when you're relaxing and you're just like zoning out in meditative bliss. It actually happens when you're... um, you're stretched to your limit and your voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. And I feel like that's what I'm encouraging you to do quite often on the show here is to stretch yourself to the limits, to find things that work for you to get that flow state to come up against your your limits and press yourself into greatness, to go to um, engagement and concentration, to let go of doubts, to let go of fears, and just go for it. And when we reach this flow state, we can 
understand that greatness can come out of us. I like to think of a diamond being pressed, right? How does diamond, how do diamonds get formed? They're basically really expensive pieces of coal. Coal gets under pressure under the earth in a diamond mine. It gets pressed under pressure hard, hard, hard for years and years and years, and then it's formed into a beautiful diamond. And the most uh, perfect diamonds are, are formed under the hardest of conditions. They're flawless because of what is pressed upon them. So if you feel like you have been grinding so hard and you've been trying so hard and for so long, just know that you might be on the verge of turning into or transforming yourself into a beautiful, perfect, absolutely flawless diamond. You are turning and transforming all of that stress and pressure and what you think you can't handle into a wonderful, precious, priceless, something that no one can ever change. You will cut glass, you will um, be um, impermeable. Nothing can ever take that away from you. So according to the positive psychologist whose name I cannot pronounce. We'll just call him Mahaley. <laughs> the human mind can process up to 120 bits of information per second. So when we're challenging ourselves with a task, our mind reaches full capacity. And if the activity that we're doing, that we're challenging ourselves with, happens to be something that we like, something that we're good at, we achieve a flow mental state. And it can leave us feeling ecstatic, motivated, and fulfilled. So what that means for you is if you're doing something that you love, if you're creating a craft, if you're creating something that you just absolutely know that is going to stun and wow the people who partake of it, whether that is a culinary cuisine or something they're going to purchase from you, or a dance that is going to just knock their socks off, you know that it is going to leave them feeling amazed and you feel so good doing it. You get into this flow and you feel motivated and fulfilled. Now, this is going to sound a little bit strange to those of you who despise the corporate realm, but I used to get into this state of flow when I was incredibly challenged in the corporate world. And I've recently gone back to the corporate world for part of the time of my days because I missed the challenge of it and I missed getting into that sort of predictable rhythm. I used to run high-level, um, high multi-million dollar projects for a Fortune 500 company, and I would have to be under immense loads of pressure, and I had teams of, you know, hundreds of people running for me, and I would do this for between 27 and 35 projects at a time, and I was in charge of everything from procurement of the goods for these projects to the engineering and design of them to the construction workers making them to the architects designing them like you name it from like we called it cradle to grave right some people have different technical terms of it but it was basically like soup to nuts we did it all 
and I was in charge of everything from creating the budget to its final completion to reporting to accounting. Money is all the boring corporate junk, right? So I had immense loads of pressure on me, but I was totally engulfed in this. My mind was stretched to the limit. Like I was, I was on it and I would achieve this flow state daily. I felt satisfied, fulfilled, motivated. And I knew that people depended on me being at my very best mentally, intellectually, emotionally. My emotional IQ had to be on point. There was no room for me to have a bad day because I had so many people looking to me for the answers that any one of them could have a bad day, but I couldn't respond to them in a way that had um, me being snarky or short or you know diminutive or, or shortening their concerns. So it I got addicted to that feeling. My mental state was always in flow. And so on the weekends when times were downtime, that relaxation, that um, you know it's time to let go and have fun, I actually forgot how to do it because I was in this state for like 20 years. So now that I am back to doing it some of the time, after taking three years off of in running my own business and building my own business up as a coach and therapist and um, now running inner voice sessions, I... I'm finding this beautiful state of balance where I'm creating things that are lovely and wonderful and helping other people get into the flow and push themselves, but enjoy the relaxation because the feelings of euphoria, that ecstatic, satisfied, fulfilling feeling is meant to be enjoyed. You know, they say everything in moderation, and I truly believe that, and there, you know, it's biblical to say there should be a day to work really hard and times to sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labors, right? So let's talk about some of the characteristics of flow. And I'm going to give you a website to look at this for yourself that really will help you um, understand it and you can go back and look at it for yourself when you have time if you're not driving not busy you know washing dishes whatever cooking a meal I like to listen to podcasts when I'm cooking so verywellmind.com says the characteristics of flow there's 10 factors that accompany the experience of flow and many of them are present and you don't have to have all of them for flow to occur And one is that the activity is intrinsically rewarding. That means the very act of doing it itself is rewarding. For me, that was work. And also when I'm coaching. So when I'm coaching a client, I get into flow really, really fast. I had a fantastic session the other night with one of my very favorite clients. And we were talking about sales and how to do sales. And I was explaining to her how easy it is to do sales because a lot of people struggle with selling and especially if you're a creative or a healer it can be awful to feel salesy but what's important is to know that you 
have something of value. And when I was teaching her about this, it was rewarding to me because I know that what she has is absolutely going to help a lot of people. And to me, it was rewarding because I know that her work being out in the world is going to change the world. So if she's not doing that, not changing the world, then she's holding herself back. Number two, there's clear goals that while challenging are still attainable. So coaching can sometimes be hard because sometimes people are, you know, set in their ways of thinking. They're not understanding the concepts. They're, um, their mind wants to push back on themselves. They're not able to get it, right? We have to work on this like week after week and they're seeing examples in their life of like, maybe that's not true. They've always lived this way for 30, 40, 50 years. So it's like showing them again how it can be easier to put in place new beliefs and new thoughts and new ways of going about things that things don't have to be so hard. Number three, the third characteristic of flow is there's a complete focus on the activity itself. To me, as a coach, I am completely engaged with my client. There is nothing else going on. I'm singularly focused on that. Just like when I was with my workspace, when I was in doing corporate work, I am solely focused on that. When I'm doing this podcast, I'm solely focused on giving you the maximum value for your listening time. I am completely focused on whatever it is that's happening in the moment. So when you're doing your activity, you know, sometimes we do listen to music. I find that music is helpful if you're doing some sort of tedious task, especially like spreadsheets. I don't know why music and numbers go together. They just do in my brain. But when you completely focus on the activity and you're not double tasking and having a conversation or thinking about what you've got to do later or, you know, splitting your focus, you can easily get into flow. Number four, you feel uh, feelings of personal control over the situation and the outcome. So I know that whatever is in my purview, whatever's in front of me, I am taking the reins. Like I'm taking charge over what is going to happen. I have complete sovereignty and agency over how it's going to go. I set my intention, like on a coaching call, again, I'll give that example. Like I set my intention that this person is going to have a transformation on the call, like whatever they bring to me that we're going to work on, I'm going to help them to see the desired outcome that they want. Like they're going to bring to me a problem and we're going to come to a solution together and they're going to walk away feeling empowered, feeling a sense of knowledge and purpose. And for me, I have control over myself and my thoughts and this situation and outcome is absolutely going to go to the betterment of the client. Number five, people have feelings of serenity and a loss of self-consciousness. Now, (laughs) you know me by now on the podcast, like I don't care if I look a little bit foolish or whatever happens. Um, I feel absolute serenity in pretty much any situation that happens. Like I, (laughs) I think of 
Yoga is another great example of being in flow, right? We are doing something that stretches our body, stretches our mind, stretches our beingness. Um, And I feel serene in any situation. So I'm going to give you a funny story. I was doing yoga with some of the ladies in the neighborhood. And, you know, I do yoga pretty much. I used to do it every day, but I do it a couple times a week now. And at the time, they're like, oh, oh, you're good at this. You go to the front. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was a little bit self-conscious to begin with, but once we got going, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And the instructor said, you can either step or hop to the front of your mat. Now I was feeling pretty warm because we were outside in South Florida and I thought, well, I'll hop because it felt like fun to do. And, um, (laughs) I hopped and I was on uneven ground. There was grass and I promptly fell right over and, it sort of startled some of the people who had never done yoga before, but I just was like, oh my gosh, I started laughing because, wow, I should have known better, right? Like, I should have not done that, but it was okay. I was on grass, um, and it, it I didn't want to, like, scare anyone else, but I was, like, so not self-conscious. I was in the flow. I was just stretching myself, like, in different ways, mentally, physically, and everything else. And this leads to number six, where there's immediate feedback. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) It was okay. So I felt so good about it. There was immediate feedback. The the next couple things is people know that the task is doable and there's balance between the skill level and the challenge presented. So I knew my limits. The next time she said step or hop, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Now, understanding too that when you're in flow you're doing a thing that's stretching you stretching your mind stretching your testing your limits but you're moving through it you're in flow it feels really good so whatever it is that you do when you're in this state of flow you experience a lack of awareness of your physical needs so you're totally singularly focused on this you have strong concentration and focused attention you're not even aware your stomach might be growling but you're not really paying attention to it. You're like, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to nail it down. The last part of flow is you experience timelessness or a distorted sense of time that involves feeling so focused on the present that you lose track of time passing. This happens to me all the time. A coaching session that might be 40 minutes going by feels like it's been 15 minutes. Yoga sessions might feel like they're 20 minutes, but it's been an hour. It's so much fun. Now, there's neuroscience that goes through into flow, um, and you can read about that in this article on Very Well Mind, but it definitely um, increases like brain activity and increases the dopamine in the mind. And again, remember me talking about being addicted to it when I was in that corporate space. So part of why I'm so good at feeling the flow is because I've number one, read thousands of books on personal development and setting myself up for success, and I just know how to do it. But really understanding the setting oneself up for success is setting clear goals. So knowing what your knowing what your outcome is and what you're trying to do during the process is 
key, right? So let's say I have a, um, a production goal in whatever I'm creating and I want to get five of these done in two hours. I like to think of it like a game. So when I was in the corporate sphere, I would always think, how many of these things can I get completed? Like, can I get five phone calls done? Can I get a contract done that's supposed to take two hours? Can I have it done in 20 minutes? I would set an impossible goal, but I would make it very, very clear. It was specific. If it's a coaching call, can I get this concept, this very convoluted, complex concept, simpler? Can I make it simple, clear, concise, and have the client understand these psychological benefits without having to get all technological on them, right? Can I make them understand the mind and make it clear to them so they can have a breakthrough? The second thing is eliminating distractions. It's easier to experience flow if you don't have worries about your grocery list or you don't have clutter on your desk, you don't have 10 things vying for your attention like kids, cats, partners, um, cell phones dinging, all that stuff. The third part is adding that element of challenge. So when your skills are totally to the max, like remember, I was trying to make a two-hour contract take 20 minutes, or I was trying to make so many things happen, um, making really complicated concepts simpler, easier, faster, things that took me you know, maybe six months to figure out, can I do it in two coaching calls or one coaching call? Can I break it down to simpler steps? And last is to choose something that you enjoy. So if I was, um, what's something I don't enjoy? If I needed to clean windows, I hate cleaning windows. I would never achieve flow cleaning windows. Windows would feel like, even if it was an hour of cleaning windows, it would probably feel like three days. I'd be like, oh my God, is it ever going to be done? I would literally probably cause my own distractions and I would be like, this is only one window and it's never clean, right? So it's important to choose something that you like doing. I love coaching. I love being able to lead people to greatness, which is why I'm so good in the corporate realm. I'm good at leading teams. I like cleaning up like complicated messes, which is why I'm so good at the project management aspect. I'm good at helping things. Um, I like math. Math is so much fun to me. You can always count on math. It's kind of like laundry. It's <laughs> You're always going to know the outcome, right? It's You can figure it out. I love to be able to do things that um, are predictable, uh, not in such a boring sense, like, um, I don't know, it's like a sense of variety, but changes. Um, so choosing something that you enjoy. So you can't get into the flow state if you don't like something. But it's also challenging. So remember, you get back to flow by increasing the challenges. So if you are doing something that becomes easy for you, if your painting skills are not um, being uh, adjusted or shifted or you get learning more about your your type of thing or your dance becomes so rote that you're like, okay, this isn't uh, challenging or fun anymore. You need to add that element of challenge so that maybe it's a little bit harder, you tweak it a little bit more, you choreograph it a bit more, you go a little bit longer. Um, So again, being able to really make these activities more fun, more challenging, stretching yourself, your body, your mind, your your ability to do it will help you get into flow. 
Now, I want to suggest to you also that you truly do these things from the heart and not from the head. It's something that you're not going to read in any article. This is just something that I've noticed um, over my lifetime, over my experiences, whether it's coaching or in the corporate realm or um, when I'm doing things in my life that I really love to do. I don't get into flow if I'm thinking about it. If I go follow my heart, follow my my intuition, follow my guidance that this is what you should do now. This is like, let go of that. Move forward with this. Drop that. You're trying too hard to think about it. You're concentrating too hard. I'm not going to achieve the flow state. I'm actually like, I'll end up with a headache if my ego mind is is driving the car, if you will. If I'm just trying so hard to to make it move like a symphony, right? If my mind is the the orchestrator of it, really, and, and it's hard to, to tangibly explain it with words, but you'll know what I mean. It's like this forceful feeling, and I can almost feel it in my body, like this pressure, this weight on my shoulders to make things flow. So if I'm forcing something and I'm forcing it, then I just drop it. Things seem hard. There's resistance. People aren't picking up the phone. I can't concentrate on the words of the contract. I can't, um, like my client on a coaching call is maybe being defensive or just truly not with it and has, I can sense that there's something else that is underlying and we can't get through the concept today. So I have to just drop it. Releasing the reins on flow is like when thinking of, um, is it geometry or yeah, I think it's geometry. Um, I'm like, is it geometry or trigonometry? But yeah, it's geometry. When you're learning sines and cosines and waves, you're thinking of those waves and how they're moving. They're almost moving at opposite ends of the spectrum. And you can see those, um, you can sense that there's different wavelengths moving and they're battling each other for which one is going to be uh, in the frequency, in the flow of smoothness. And they're just really jumbled and distorted up. And if you've ever done an audio recording yourself, you can see the distortion of the waves of the um, when it's not smooth audio. If you've ever done geometry, you can figure out the sine and cosine and you can see when they're really off. But when you let go of what you're trying to force mentally and you go with what is flowing, like, okay, phone calls are obviously not working. I need to focus on the contracts. Or you say, okay, my client is obviously not getting it. Is there something that's distracting you? Is there something that you wanted to talk about? Or I need to stop, you know, pushing this agenda. What's going on? What do you want to talk about today? Right? Like, let's completely drop this and come back to it another time. And you just go with the flow and it flows so much better. And sometimes you'll just do nothing. Sometimes you're pushing yourself too hard for too long and you just need to go with your heart and your heart says, you know what would be nice? A bubble bath (laughs) or a nice walk outside and reconnecting to the self, reconnecting to all that is in nature. I can kind of tell myself that 
with this podcast, it's telling me that there needs to be a little break, right? We're in this time of the holidays, and I am hopeful that you are going to have a really fantastic Thanksgiving break. I myself am going to have a few days off, and while it's a perfect opportunity for me to Um, get some episodes in, I'm going to be taking a little break. It just hit me. So I will be back after the break. We are launching the Strength In first round of membership, and it's a beautiful time where we're going to be going within. We're going to be strengthening our inner voice together in a beautiful sacred space. We have a few people that are co-creating in this beta round for a very special membership subscription price. And if you're interested in that and you want to really get in touch with yourself and understand what the intuitive nature, the higher self, the inner voice has to say to you, it's that intangible self. Again, it's so hard for me to explain it, but it's also so, so deep to be able to process emotions and walk in the world more confident in who you are, more knowing in what the next steps are for yourself in your career, in your love life, in your family life, in your health. The mind has so many questions in these areas. And when we have this space carved out for ourselves and we're able to really listen in and get quiet in this beautiful space. We're able to understand things that we aren't able to when the frequencies, when those sine and cosine waves are all jumbled up and getting in the way. There's a lot of noise and distractions. It's the very opposite of flow. It's, (laughs) I just got like the vision of like a, um, you know how a train will stop so fast and it's all the cars of the, the train, those They'll slam into each other and stop. It stops the flow. So this is the opposite. It smooths out the, the kinks. It smooths out the cars of the train, and it allows things to move forward steadily and just chugging right along. So that's what we're going to be doing starting in December. Uh, my birthday is in December, so we will close enrollment on December 1st. And so if you're listening to this in real time, you can still get in. Uh, just go to quantumhighways.com slash plans and sign up for your membership there. And I'll know uh, how to get you into our very private encrypted space and we'll get going. If you're catching this after December 1st, we will open enrollment again in January and it's going to be so much fun. I'm pleased to kind of have a sense of where we're going, but not necessarily want to spill the beans just yet. So um, everything is always in perfect timing and I just know that it's going to be amazing. So um, if you're ready for it now, perfect. If you're not ready for it yet, also perfect. I hope you just truly follow your intuition and go with where that leads you because it's always magical. And I've just found so many beautiful things by doing the next right thing for me. So until next time, take care.